when the pandemic hit Canada, the government, as you know, came up with a handful of different programs to basically try and help Canadians weather the storm. One of them, of course, was CERB, the Canada Emergency Response Benefit. And in addition to helping Canadians during this time, there were some who thought it might, just might, give us a chance to lay the groundwork for a so-called universal basic income, something that you know has been talked about in some circles. So, did it do that for us? Did we learn anything from it? Spoiler alert, no, we didn't. David Green is a professor at the UBC Vancouver School of Economics and joins us now. Um, Professor, thanks for taking some time this morning. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. So, yeah, there was a school of thought that this might be a learning opportunity. We could implement a basic income based on what we learned through CERB. Did that happen? Uh, our argument is no. So we being we were a, a panel put together by the B.C. government about two and a half years ago to look at uh, basic income for B.C. Would it, would it be a good policy? Um, and so, you know, <laughs> over two and a half years and a whole bunch of uh, underlying studies, we've come to have a fairly deep understanding of what a basic income is. Mm-hmm. And so we were sort of surprised when people started talking about a CERB as if it was a basic income. A ba- a basic income has a has a number of features. One is it's universal; it's available to everybody. The second is it's it's meant to be unconditional, which separates it in principle from things like income assistance. Um, and the third is it's permanent. The idea is that people think that if this payment was there and they know it's there uh, to backstop them, they'll make decisions like say opening businesses or going back to school. Right. And a CERB is none of those. The CERB was none of those things. It was it was conditional. You had to have lost your job or lost income because of COVID. Um, it was. Uh, not universal. You have to have shown that you were employed in one way or another in the previous year, um, and it wasn't permanent, right? It was temporary. It was originally only supposed to last 16 weeks. Ultimately, it lasted 28 weeks. And so because of all of those things, our argument is there's really nothing to be learned here. We learned a lot about how we should try to respond in an emergency, and it was a good policy for doing that, but that's quite different from designing policy after the emergency's over. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... Like you say, there's a lot of differences between the two programs, but um, in terms of, you know, how the finances would work, did it give us any indication there? I mean, pure deficit spending, obviously, to finance this program, that's not sustainable if we're talking about a basic income either, is it? Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, the the so, so the short answer is, again, there, no, we didn't learn anything. It's really <laughs> important that a basic income is an expensive way to go after any policy uh, target, say reducing poverty. Um, and so therefore, how it's, how it's funded matters a lot. You're going to change tax rates pretty, pretty profoundly. Yeah. Uh, and so you're going to need to know how are people going to react to that. As you said, with the CERB, it's one-time deficit funding. The, the answer to how we're going to actually pay for it is put off to the future. Um, so, so no, it, it, we, we didn't learn much of anything about that. Not, not anything that's really fundamental about how to design a basic income. Um, you know, and one of the other things that, you know, we've been talking about it, uh, quite a few times over the past couple of weeks, really, is we had absolutely, um, no safeguards in place with this program to make sure that it only went to the right people. Really, it was a free-for-all. So it, we didn't build a framework in to make sure that we were analyzing who was qualifying for this anyway. Yeah, no, another good point. I, I, it was very interesting if you think back to the discussions that were happening when the CERB was first rolled out. Um, actually, there was a lot of people saying, oh, maybe this is a model for the future. This yeah. what they called trust and verify. So we get the money out, and we just say to you, you're supposed to meet these these standards, but later we'll check whether you really did and take back money if you didn't. 
Um, and, you know, what we're finding, what we found with the self-employment part, for example, is that uh, people, I mean, maybe some people were purposely playing with the rules, but other people, I think, just didn't fully understand them. Like, they're not the tax authority. They, they were being asked to assess this on their own. And then the government is in this terrible position of either choosing to go to people who, uh, you know, don't necessarily have that much income and asking them for a lot of money back. Like, we've heard examples mm-hmm. of, of people being asked to give back $10,000. Um, alternatively, you go to the other taxpayers who didn't collect because they figured out the rules or whatever, and and saying to them, well, you know, we're going to leave the money with those people because we think it's too hard to bring it back. That's just not a sustainable model. I mean, in an emergency, we can potentially do that and, and ask the other taxpayers to just, you know, say, okay, this is this was a problem, but we needed to get the money out fast. But as a permanent way to give money out, to, to transfer money to the people that we think who need it, it just doesn't make sense. I don't think it makes sense anyway. Yeah, it didn't work. Okay, what about, there's got to be something. What about the actual mechanism of getting money from the government into the hands of the people? Did did CERB give us some indication about how we can do that efficiently even? Uh, to some degree, <laughs> we did manage to get a lot of money out. Um, but in in the longer run, there's, I think there's going to be assessments after the fact about you know, who did we miss? Did, were there a set of people that, that we were really trying to get it to that we didn't get it to? One of the things that we did in, in our report was look into this question about how easy is it to get money to to the people who, uh, in principle, are, are the targets. It's surprisingly hard. I think a lot of people think, well, as soon as we say, here's free money, um, all the people who actually deserve it will line up, plus all uh, possibly some other people who don't. Um, but in fact, what happens is we find that the take-up rates for things like the, the Canada Child Benefit, for example, I've seen numbers as low as like 80% of people who are eligible take it up. That's 20% yeah. who are eligible who are not taking it up. You have to find these people. And one of the things we found was about 14% of, of uh, people in Canada don't file taxes in a, in a given year, and about um, 4% aren't even known to the tax authority at all. And those are disproportionately people who live in low-income areas who look like they're probably low-income. So one way or another, we have to find those people. And the CERB um, wasn't anything special in terms of figuring that out. That's a problem we're going to have to figure out. And that's a big point from our conclusions about a basic income, that a basic income is actually a somewhat complex policy because you have to find people because you have to make it responsive to to their to their changes in circumstances and so when you talk about a basic income you know the, the thing we worry about when you talk about service everyone thinks oh it sort of worked so it's simple so let's do a basic income and and what we want to say is no it wasn't a basic income a basic income is complex and let's talk about it realistically yeah so i mean can we safely say that, okay, we learned some of the things we shouldn't do and, and give us a better idea of um, things that we should abandon if we do go down the road of universal basis, basic income? Um, I, I guess I would say that we potentially learned that trust and verify is not is not the way we <laughs> want to go. Way to do her. Um, but other than that, I really honestly think that it, it's probably more appropriate to just take this and set it in a separate, separate container to yeah. say, let's let's write down what we learned about implementing CERB so that if ever, hopefully never, we go through another crisis of this dimension, we can pull that policy off the shelf and do a better job of it. And then having set that aside, let's now turn to to the, you know, how we're going to design policy for the rest of times in the non-crisis times. 
Yeah, interesting. Uh, great discussion. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was, it was a good discussion. Take Thank care. Thank you very much. That Bye. is um, David Green, who is a professor at the University of British Columbia's Vancouver School of Economics.